Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and I'm looking for my good friend, Seth Robinson. I'm here for the hundredth time. I'm here. I know. I, I'm like, cannot contain my enthusiasm for our accomplishments. So let's like slap each other on the back. But yes, this is the hundredth episode of Volley. One hundred episodes. It's hard years. to believe. I know. Four years. Amazing. Yeah, it's, you know, like, I'm still friends with you after all this time. (laughs) That's an amazing part. (laughs) Um, I think it's just another one of those things where like, as you're going through life, you're going through your career, you know, your kids are getting older, and you look around and you're like, I've really been doing this for four years, 10 years, however long it's been. I know. And it started as a like, a little experiment, we decided, you know, uh, you know, I think it was originally just one of our little internal goals. Let's try a podcast. And yeah. here we are. Here we are. It's been a good run. It has. It's fun. I think if you, you know, we'll, we'll go over the landscape a little bit here during the course of this episode, but we've tackled a lot of subjects. We've gone, you know, and not just very techie specific, but, you know, some industry, some, you know, sort of macro issues of the day. And, um, and we've had some wonderful guests along the way who add a lot of flavor to the podcast. So, you know, it's been, it's been a good run. Yeah. So should we take a little trip down memory lane and uh, play back some of our favorites here? I think that's a great idea. Cool. So well, we want to start with the first episode, I would think. Yeah, very first one. Yeah, that was nerve-wracking. I didn't know how we would sound. <laughs> but we 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 did well and I and one of the things we tackled was uh, was cloud computing. It's interesting to look back on that because 4 years ago we were still wondering if cloud was going to, you know, have a major foothold in the industry, believe it or not. And uh, you know, there were companies that were not adopting it. There were end customers who were not adopting it. And, you know, you discuss that a lot. And it's interesting to see where we are today, which is very different. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's take a quick listen to where we were four years ago. You know, cloud is a, is a general topic. We're just kind of keeping it general here to begin with. And I think it's a very interesting one, you know, for as much change as we've seen for as, as much as it's been, uh, inside the industry and a hot topic of the industry, I think there are some ways that we're still not completely embracing it um, as, as an IT industry, as a channel with small companies. You know, we actually think that cloud along with mobility is kind of bringing in this new era of doing enterprise technology. Uh, and, and the era is defined not so much by the technical model that we have, which in many ways is similar to something that came before, but it's more about the behavior that a company has because they're using this new technology. So yeah, pretty much every time we start something, whether it's been Volley or our new show Fodder, I think one of the first things that I suggest is, hey, why don't we talk about cloud computing? And uh, there we are talking about it. And like you said, even though it was only four years ago, it seems like a lot has changed. And a great amount of that has changed, I think, even in the past few months where people recognize that for business continuity, for agility, for flexibility, for remote workers, cloud computing was really the way that you wanted to go. So I think any kind of lingering hesitation probably got washed away in the past few months. But I think even before that, it had become a little bit more accepted that cloud was the law of the land. And some of the behavioral stuff that I talk about there is probably still going on. I I think that some companies 
haven't completely figured out what their workflow should look like, but I think they at least accept that their architecture is going to be cloud-based. Yeah, totally agree. Um, and, you know, speaking from a indirect channel landscape is that, you know, when, when I first came to work at CompTIA, now we're going even back, you know, further back than four years ago, there was so much nervousness and apprehension about what cloud was going to mean for their businesses and whether or not it would just kind of disintermediate them and have vendors just put their stuff in the cloud and have the end users access it that way and uh, flip forward to today. And that's not the case. And, you know, many channel companies have figured out how to leverage cloud and especially managed services providers. So it's turned out to not be the uh, doom and gloom end of our industry uh, for that segment. And that's been good news. And there's, you, you, it's rare that you're going to find many channel firms out there today that are going to say the cloud's a bad thing. Right, right. So for a, a topic that had even more change, though, we hit, hit that one about 10 episodes later in episode 11. And this was not the first time that we tackled you know, real world issues, but it was right after the 2016 election. Uh, and so we really wanted to address that part of that dialogue that we had on that episode was around social media. And I think that social media is possibly the one topic in the tech industry that's changed the most in the past four years. So why don't we go back and hear what we were saying back then? I think a lot of people would say, hey, I believe that these things can be manipulated uh, in in some way, digital manipulation or, or clever editing. Well, the fashion industry has been doing that for years and women's fashion magazines. I mean, photoshopping everybody. Um, now you don't trust any any model or any image that you're looking at in a magazine. You know it's been manipulated in some way. Right, right. And and I, I think you have to bring that forward in your mind a little bit more and, and say, this is making me laugh. This is lining up with my viewpoint. But is it really true? What's What's the other side of the story here? Yeah, let's um, let's be honest. This the whole social media discussion has, I think, ramped up even more from four years ago, and it was huge four years ago after the election. Uh, we're now entering another election cycle. We're in it right now, and um, there's all kinds of calls to you know regulate large social media companies. There's a lot of concern about whether you know the the platforms themselves are going to um, to in some way and again um, create some sort of mishigash around the election. And uh, I don't think we've solved this issue. I, I really don't. And and it seems like it's worse than it was back then. I, I agree. I, I think that the thing that we possibly didn't even understand back then was the scale that these social media platforms were operating at and, and the scale that they were reaching and the way that they reached that scale. I think even back then there was some call for, you know, fact checking or for these social platforms to maybe act as a more traditional publishing platform. And it was kind of easily swept away back then. It was like, no, 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 we're, we're just a, a different kind of company. But now I think we we realize more like, okay, even though you are a different kind of company, what should there be around it? And, you know, I talked on that clip about, you know, the manipulation and can you trust what there is here? And I think the social platforms have always wanted that to fall to the consumer and, and say, okay, eventually consumers will understand this. And 
in a way, some of that has probably happened. Um, you know, I think that over the course of this show, we've seen behavior change. We've seen consumers become a little bit more savvy about what they're doing with their data or what they trust online, but that can only go so far. And again, when you're operating at scale like this, there, there's probably some additional responsibility. And I think we're still trying to figure that out. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, person, you know, individuals, uh, consumers of, of social media, participants in social media, you know, have some responsibility to have a level of cynicism about some of the things that they read and do some research and make sure they're backing things up and understanding the fact checking that needs to be involved. However, your point about scale is, is probably the biggest takeaway. And, 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 and that is that the companies themselves need to have some responsibility and accountability. And I think they're slowly waking up to that. And when I say slowly, I have that in capital letters, but slowly waking up to that a little bit. It's going to be very interesting to see how the rest of this year shakes out going forward. But um, it's, it's, I don't think this is a topic that we're going to be able to put to rest for quite some time. No. And I, I think that that led into uh, the next one that we're going to take a look at here, which was really the beginning of maybe the, the most common thread that we've had in, in the show, which is the maturity of the tech industry and, and the way that it's changing. And so around episode 20, I think that the threads that started with the social media stuff were really beginning to coalesce and, and form. And, and we were starting to say, well, what does this mean moving forward? And so we talked about unintended consequences then, and, and we haven't stopped talking about it. Um, but here's a quick clip from that show. And the question being, you know, what are technology companies going to do about it? Reading both of those, the common thread in them was this problem of, of tech moving so very fast and, and becoming so powerful and be, being able to scale so broadly and then all of a sudden, you know, what, where are the guidelines? Uh, you know, what, where are the, the safety barriers that, that kind of keep us uh, in the box here? I'm interested to see exactly how those develop or, or to see uh, if, if in some cases maybe we, we've entered into a space that, that isn't completely sustainable. Yeah, I don't think we're going to stop talking about this for some time. One of the things that we've, you know, talked about a lot is the fact that the technology industry has matured to the point that it's no longer able to almost hide under the guise of being the newbie on the scene and a Wild West kind of Silicon Valley type of industry. And, you know, we're right alongside and as influential as any industrial, you know, much more mature company out there. And one of the things we talked about was that, uh, you know, at the, at the time and, and still to this day, if I'm, not, if I'm not wrong, it's like the top five companies in market cap were all software companies or tech companies of some sort. And that was unheard of. I mean, you used to work for IBM and they were always up there, but it was really, it was really an unheard of thing. And, and with that comes a lot of responsibility and also scrutiny. And I think that was the thing that we've talked about quite a bit is this scrutiny. It's like, you, you know, you're not getting a pass anymore. You're big and powerful. You're the big guy on the playground. And with that comes quite a bit of responsibility. So please start taking it. Yeah, there was a, a term that I used in that clip that I think we actually haven't used very much as we've continued talking about this. And that's, you know, is this sustainable? 
And I think that that's kind of what you're getting at there is like this business model, as you become these huge companies, you know, with power, what does that look like? One of the favorite books that I've ever read around business is what got you here won't keep you going. And it's, it's this notion that like you can have all of these behaviors and business models and whatever that get you to a certain place, but then you might have to pivot into something else. And I think the industry as a whole needs to do that probably in a way that other industries have not, even though there's going to be some similarities in terms of like, how do we regulate? How do we work with government to build some of the regulations or whatever? Again, getting back to the scale, I think that there are some things here that uh, need to be considered and, and that we are wrestling with and we're going to keep wrestling with for, for a while. So one of the things I think that makes us look at this and say, is this sustainable is the makeup of the workforce. And I think this has been one that you've looked at a lot more than me. Um, but the, the next one that we want to talk about here was one of our episodes focusing on diversity, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And we've done quite a bit of work on this uh, at CompTIA in general. Um, I've personally done a study on it, but we also have communities devoted to diversity issues and we do a lot of work on uh, workforce composition. And it's, it's important. You know, one of the things that I've talked a lot about is how homogenous the IT industry itself is. And I don't know how to assign blame. It just happens to be the way that it that is turned out. But it's largely the domain of white men. No offense, Seth. And yet companies are waking up to realize that that's got to change. You want more voices within your organization. And that's one of the things that we found in the studies that we've done is that this isn't just about hiring people so that you can say, I have X number of this person and X number of that person. It's not a quota thing. What progressive companies have realized is having diversity in their workforce is an advantage from an innovation standpoint. It's a business advantage. Um, You're getting more voices, more people who have different opinions, who can bring something to the table that maybe the, the, the group had never thought of before. And that's a good thing. So if you can view diversifying your workforce as a business advantage, that's the way to think about it, as opposed to I'm supposed to do this because it's the right thing. And that's what our guest said on this episode. So uh, this next clip is of Aaron Levinson talking. He was our guest and here's what he had to say. Diversity has historically been kind of a theoretical and reserved for the academics, right? It needs to be owned by somebody who drives revenue within that organization, because that if that person that drives revenue within an organization is saying, hey, guys, we have an issue. I'd like to penetrate a new market, and I think I need to have this certain skill set that's going to get me to that market. We should go find somebody from that market. That kind of solves two things, right? It solves the business issue of like, hey, let's go get some new revenue. And then it also solves the diversity issue. So that's why I'm, I'm constantly thinking, like, you know, maybe how do we get more of these senior levels that own revenue pieces, whether it's engineering and innovation, right, or a salesperson in leadership? And again, how do we get those guys to kind of get that buy-in so it doesn't become the third rail of the corporate world, right? So, yeah, he really echoed what you're saying there. You know, his desire was for a a diversity officer, diversity initiatives in the company to not be set up academically, like he said, but to Mm -hmm. be directly tied to people that were responsible for the revenue. 
Exactly. And if you can, you know, if you view things that way, obviously, I think it's just a good idea in general to have a diverse fabric within your organization. But if you are a CEO or a principal owner or hiring manager, whoever, if you can understand the metrics behind having different people, different genders, different viewpoints, and, and the benefits of that, and then your organization could have a competitive advantage over somebody else. You know, that's a good way to frame the discussion sometimes. And I thought Aaron, you know, really did a good job of kind of explaining that because he's personally experiencing it. Yeah. So I think looking at the, at the next set of episodes, it almost feels like this was a turning point for us where, you know, we had been kind of trying to find our way. I remember early on, we had felt like we were going to do two topics in every episode. You know, I would kick off one and you would kick off one. And we kind of got away from that. We found a different rhythm. But I think at this point, we, we didn't just want to have a topic and talk about it. Sometimes we do that, but I think we were thinking a lot about how we wanted to talk about them and what we might do with the show format. And, and so in, in all of the, the rest of the episodes that we'll listen to, we were doing things a little differently. Um, and it started off with us maybe being a little indulgent, kind of like we are in this episode and doing kind of what we wanted to with, uh, with the people that we wanted to. And so we did a back to school episode with our own children. Yes, we did. Our college age children. So, you know, not the little ones. We don't have little ones anymore, really. But no, no, no. that that would be a completely different episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's play a little bit of that. We have a fun volley today. I'm looking forward to it. We have two people that we kind of know as guests, our daughters. We each have two daughters, so um, our two oldest daughters are on today, and we decided to have them on as a sort of a back-to-school technology special that we're going to do today. Both of them are leaving for college. So welcome, guys. Say hi. Hello. Hi. All right, where do you want to start? So yeah, getting the perspective of 20-somethings and uh, late-teen-somethings on their usage of technology was interesting. Yeah. And I can remember, you know, thinking back on this one, that it was, it was fun. You know, we didn't know how it was going to go. It was just an idea that we had and it turned out great. You know, I think we, you know, learned to trust our instincts and and have a conversation. And I've had a few people, you know, tell me that they liked that episode. Um, So I think it resonated a little bit and uh, it was, it was different, uh, but it worked really nicely. Yeah, I think the those two, our kids, Kate and Olivia, are articulate enough that they could probably run this podcast better than you and I. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was a fun episode, but I also thought it was um, you know it was informative. It wasn't just you know us chit chatting as family, but uh, the, those those girls had interesting things to say about how they use technology. And what I found a good takeaway was they aren't over-reliers on technology necessarily, which is how the younger generation is viewed. They are somewhat picky and choose what, you know, interests them and they don't spend all day on technology. And uh, that was refreshing. Yeah. Like with all of our guests, the, the whole reason that we wanted to bring guests into the show, which was part of the concept that we had from the very beginning was we knew that our perspective was limited, uh, you know, even for the amount of market analysis that we might do. 
it's just good to hear from someone else. And oh, come on, come on. You know, we are the smartest people on planet Earth, but, you know. But, you know, every once in a while, a different voice. Right? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> so the next episode was another fun one, too. It was our holiday episode. And, and this clip is from episode 59. So here's, here's me kind of setting it up for the first time. Well, we're in the middle of October, which means that we've got holidays kind of coming at us now through the rest of the year. And so with those holidays coming at us, I thought that we could talk a little bit about the tech industry and talk about maybe something that scares us about the tech industry for Halloween, and then maybe something that we're thankful for for Thanksgiving, and then maybe something that would be on our wish list for Christmas. Um, So how's that sound? That sounds fantastic. So what I remember when I think back on this was we did this one and it was fun and it was great. And then the next year you were saying, let's do it again. And my initial thought was, well, we already did it. And it took me a little while, I think, for you to convince me, but this could be a good recurring episode, right? Like this could be something that we do every year. We already had kind of our end of the year where we maybe looked back and looked forward. And I think that made sense. It fit in great. But like to have this as a holiday episode, I don't know why I was so clueless on it, but finally I I could see that like, yeah, this would be a great one to do every year. Yeah. I love this. I think one of the things that I've been very happy about in the later volley years has been having a few staples that we do in on a recurring basis and this is my, this might be my favorite. This is probably my favorite. And, and it's fun. And we've had guests recently. We've had Randy on, uh, our CIO, and he's fantastic. And it's a lot of fun. And I'm just going to say this, but this year's one is going to be amazing. Yeah, we might, uh, we might get stuck on Halloween. <laughs> All the things that scare us. <laughs> Um, exactly. Yeah, it, it was great to have Randy on. He's been on a few times. I know he enjoys being on. We love having him on. And uh, and you're right. It is nice to have a few touch points where like this is a thing that we do and we can come back to it and we can kind of see how things have changed from one year to the next. Agreed. So the next thing we need to talk about is the one episode that we missed yeah. and didn't do. So that was that that comes between right after this one, I think, or somewhere between there and the next episode that we're going to talk about. But this was uh, in April of 2019. And we had a guest who couldn't make it at the last minute. And you and I just decided we were too tired or something. Yeah. <laughs> we did not have it in us. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, out of the four years, and we do this every other week, uh, that's the only one. So we want to, you know, just point that out. Yeah. Yeah. We, we always take a break at the end of the year. Um, yeah. Well, that's just the normal yeah, schedule. Give ourselves a break then. But I, I remember when we started, we thought, well, we'll just do this weekly, right? I mean, it'll be easy to jump on the phone and talk uh. weekly. And we figured out like by the second week, no, this is not easy to do every week. And so we switched within the first, you know, two or three episodes into bi-weekly. And then we, we did not miss one until that one in April. So no, we didn't. And now we've signed up for a weekly show. Yeah. Ir- irony. <laughs> right. Right. And that one's a little shorter at least, but yeah, I mean, even, even doing that weekly show, I can feel it. You and I have talked about it a lot. Like, yeah, yeah. this is kind of a lot to do. I mean, I'm glad that we've kept this on 
the rhythm that we do, especially for like the amount of depth that we try to get into on a given yeah. topic, I think that the the cadence is good. I do. I agree with you. So what are we talking about next here? So, so the next one, I think was maybe the show at its best, right? Like this was another one kind of like the holiday one. You know, I don't know that this one will become a staple, but we had this idea of like, let's do topics in the industry that are overrated and underrated. And why don't we have a guest on for this one? So we had Dave Sobel, uh, who's another huge fan of the show uh, and he's got his own podcast and we help each other out quite a bit. And we had him come on. Uh, and, and so here's Dave giving a little bit of his thought on what he thought was the most overrated. Dave, what do you think is the most overrated topic that we have these days? There are so many good ones. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many things that I can pick off the pile and go, oh, I'm so over. It's so not interesting. But actually, for me, digital transformation is the most overrated one. Yeah, digital transformation. How many business books out there have that in the title, you know? Well, the, the funny thing about this was part of the reason why I feel like this was the show at its best was like there was some structure but some amount of freewheeling. So we didn't know what everyone else had picked. And I can remember... When Dave said that, it was probably good that this wasn't a video show because I would have like fallen out of my chair. I think my <laughs> eyes bugged out of my head. I was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Like Dave and I have talked about it a lot since then. And I, I totally see his point. I see where he's coming from. I think there are some things within digital transformation that are like super important and valid, but maybe those points get lost a little bit in trying to turn it into a marketing term or trying to turn it into a set of steps or something like that, which I think is Dave's point. And so kind of the not knowing really, I think, made that one interesting. Yeah, I mean, as all things in the tech industry, buzzwords tend to stick, but get overused. And I think digital transformation is one of those kind of terms. You almost have to ask yourself, what does this mean? aren't we already digital? Were we already online? Are we already, and I, you know, and I understand the intricacies of it myself, but it is a buzzword. And, and so a buzzwords, uh, plural. Um, so I sort of got Dave's point, although I disagree that it's not something that companies need to be thinking about. Uh, it is something that companies should be doing, but I think it needs to be better defined. So that would be my point, my takeaway on that one. Yeah. Yeah, but it was it was a good show. I know that uh, some of our marketing teams kind of picked up on the theme and and that show ended up kind of being uh, spun out into some blog posts. So that was another nice thing to kind of see the show get woven into some other campaigns and initiatives and some other things that people at CompTIA were doing. Yeah, no, it was a great show. Dave's a, a, an amazing guest and, and very uh, wise to wax on the tech industry and all that we are... Uh, doing with every single day yeah so if, if that show was maybe the show at its best I, I think the last one that we want to look at I feel was maybe us at our best we've always tried to make this not just us reading the news you know or not just us you know sharing our opinion you know like like we're on a webinar or something but I think we've tried to make it personal you know going back to you know having our daughters on and and going back to just you know some of the chit chat that we do on the show but for episode 93, this was the first one after 
the the COVID outbreak had really happened here in the U.S. and everyone had been sent home. You know, we were we were all just learning to deal with it. And you and I wanted to talk about remote work, which everyone was talking about, but we more than anything wanted to share our own experience. Uh, and so here, here's a little bit of you talking about how you got started with remote work. Uh, you know, I tried it and I was pregnant at the time and I would take the train in, I tried driving in, I did all that. And uh, it was it was not the most pleasant uh, experience, that's for sure. And so I finally, it was dial-up time, I should remind people. And for those of you who are not old enough to remember dial-up, it was n- not, not an ideal solution for connecting to the internet. Um, but it did exist. And, and so I um, asked my boss at the time, you know, can I try a couple days a week at home so that I don't have to go through this arduous commute every day? And uh, he said yes. God, take me back. (laughs) Yeah, I was a vanguard. Let's be honest. You know, it was a long time ago. I'm dating myself, but with remote work, as with so many other things. (laughs) Oh, come on. (laughs) Well, that's true, actually. Um, But yeah, no. um, It's 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 a funny. I have a very good viewpoint on the trajectory of remote work because I literally started doing it at the beginning of time it seems like and uh, it's changed very much and now it's you know it's 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 just an easy thing to do it's you know remote work is not stymied by technology anymore the only problem with it doesn't work depending on personality type that would be the way I would put it it's like some people just don't want to it doesn't click for them but there are really, unless you live in some place in, in America that doesn't have internet, and I know that's a reality still, but there really are no hindrances to doing remote work as, as, as your full-time way of operating. And uh, it's funny to rem- reminisce on, uh, on the good old days when I finally had the, you know, the courage to say to my boss, hey, I don't want to do this commute thing anymore. What do you think? And uh, working in the tech industry, at least I was writing for a tech trade magazine at the time, they were cutting edge and they were willing to let me do it. And it's uh, now the whole world's doing it. We're all doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and we both talked about, you know, our different viewpoints on that, on that show. I mean, I think you and I are obviously both, both doing kind of the same thing now being at home, but I think we sort of have different ways that we do it. Uh, and, and we have different things that we might do once we're not in this situation anymore. And I think that came out on the show, which, mm-hmm. which made it interesting. And I, I think the other thing is you can hear it a little bit in that clip, but you can really hear it if you listen to the whole show was, I think we were a little shell-shocked. Um, I, I think you can hear it in, in the way that we're talking and, and that we communicate with each other that we still hadn't wrapped our, our arms around it. And again, I think that that made it personal. It made it real, at least, you know, when I go back and listen. Oh, yeah. There's no cookie cutter approach to remote work and everyone's going to have a different attitude, including you and I. And and I don't think that's any different, actually, now that I'm thinking about it is, you know, than office work. I mean, some people really enjoy that and some people don't, but I think we're in a, we're kind of crossed through the looking glass here uh, in terms of remote work where I may end up being the majority versus you, you office workers. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We'll see how it goes, but it is definitely going to change the nature of um, how people 
work together, collaborate. And, uh, and, and I don't think for not the better. I mean, I honestly, you know, think we still need time to where we're going to get together and be face to face. That's very important to me personally, but I also think there's a lot of things that we've realized over this last very frightening few months that can be accomplished productively and get done without people having to get in their cars every day. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fun and surprising in some ways to, to look back at these four years and think about how far we've come, you know, personally with the show as an industry, as a global society. And again, most of that or, or so much of it has happened in the past few months. And it feels like we're on the edge of something new here, you know, so we, you know, we're wrapping up these hundred episodes you know, we're going to keep going every other week as, as promised. Um, Except for four or five, well, maybe we should just pencil in four or five or whenever somewhere, some date in April where we just always take the day off. I don't oh, know. That'd be, that'd be interesting. But uh, okay. I guess we already missed it for this year, but, but yeah, I think we're going to, we're going to keep going. And I think, you know, it, it feels like we're going to be looking at all of these things through new lenses now. You know, whether it's cloud computing or social media or remote work, you know, whatever it might be, I, I think that we've gotten, like you said, kind of through the looking glass. We're on the other side of something or we're getting to be on the other side of something. And I think everything's going to be reevaluated and thinking about what comes next uh, is really exciting. Yeah, I could not agree more. I think we are definitely um, in a new, different potentially uncertain and scary era of, of how we uh, operate business-wise, personal, life-wise. But um, at least it'll be an interesting ride, right? And uh, I'm looking forward personally to the next 100 episodes of Volley. We'll have tons to talk about, right? So, hey, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it too. It'll be great. And and to kick things off, we're, we're going to really dive into this what's next idea. And for all the guests we've had, we finally got around to inviting CompTIA's CEO, Todd Thibodeau, to the, to the show. So he's going to be our guest as we talk about, well, what, what comes next and, and what's, what are things going to look like? So I'm really looking forward to that one. I think it'll be a good way to kick things off. Oh, it'll be great. Todd's got so many um, interesting viewpoints and insights on the industry, the world at large, you name it. And uh, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm surprised we haven't had him on previously. So this, this, I'm really looking forward to him being our 101st episode because I'd like to point the, you know, the arrow in the forward direction. And I think Todd can help us with a lot of things that he has to say. Definitely. Well, my friend, it, uh, it's been a good run. I've had a lot of fun doing this with you. Hopefully, we've got a few faithful fans out there that have enjoyed the ride as well. Uh, and we hope that you'll stick with us as we keep going. You got it, 100%. It's been one of the best career projects I've ever had. So I'm really happy and proud of our accomplishment here. And I can't wait to do some more work. All right. Well, you take care. And we'll talk to you again soon. Alrighty. Bye-bye.